Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Church, isn't it great to be here tonight in the presence of the Lord and to call on the one called Jesus Christ. Proverbs 1 and 7, if you want to turn there, it's good to see y'all in the house of the Lord tonight and good to see some back. Yeah. Man, vacation, other things going on, and uh, but we missed you here Sunday for sure. It's good to see everybody making their way back to the house of the Lord and the house of prayer and worship where we join together and uh, uh, no doubt great expectation. Uh, everybody's expectation probably might be just a little different. Some's expecting this, others expecting that. And, but uh, we all come here, amen, knowing by the word of God that Jesus would be here. And with that expectation, that's enough to make us want to come, a man, to be here, to be a part of his work and his kingdom and what he's desiring to do among us and through us, a man, because we're living in a world, a man, as you and I both know, is making its way back to the days of Noah. And we know in the days of Noah, they didn't have much time for God. They never thought about him. They never built an altar to him. They wouldn't no church buildings built anywhere. <laughs> Only building that was going on that they made light up and made mock was an old righteous preacher building what he called an ark. Man, and he's talking something about rain. Well, man, that don't go with our modern day times. We don't know anything about rain. All we know about is living. Marrying and giving in marriage and eating and having a good time and being caught up in that, fulfilling our own desires and passion. Man, he said something about some God somewhere, but we don't know anything about no God. You got time for God. Man, we're living in that world today. A lot of people's busy going and doing, they don't have time for God. So it's just, it's a part of end time. It's coming. Amen. Proverbs 1 and 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Good understanding have all they that do his commandments, and his praise endureth forever. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you on this Wednesday night. We come humbling and yielding ourselves unto your touch and even unto your voice. For we want to hear that voice of truth through the power of the word of God even in this house tonight. Your power will move upon our souls, our minds and hearts. And each and every one that's come on this Wednesday night, we're so thankful, God. For we know that they've been busy and working and laboring. But God, they have chose to be here tonight. And we pray that as you reach down with a special touch and a visitation into their hearts, their souls, and in their minds. All the glory and praise and honor is going to be lifted to you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Today's been one of them days. I could have preached 20 different messages. <laughs> and um, I might do that before this is over. Jumped all kind of rabbits and just going back through some things and um, studying some things and 
I know in the last few weeks, and it's, it's kind, of, kind of a calm means tonight, so if you don't mind, let me just talk to us a few minutes. But the last few weeks, you know, we've been uh, the glory cloud, looking for that glory, expecting that glory to move and that power to move. Amen. And, um, you know, the devil's doing everything he can. And the world that we're living in, you know, that, the times that we're living. But there is a glory that we're looking for. Now, we've experienced God, and we've experienced the glory of God and the power of God. And, um, but there is a glory that we're looking for. There is a experience, and that experience and glory that we're looking for will not be in this life. I'm talking about the ultimate of it. I'm talking about the final results of it. There's going to be a lot of people that's going to miss it. There'll be a lot of people for one reason or another. And so, in my studies today in prayer, and, and I'm going to mix, and again, kind of just, I'm, I'm mixing and mingling some of this. Because to experience this, we got to have a good, healthy fear of God. An old-fashioned fear of God to grip us. It's been a long time since I've heard this statement, and I'm not saying it don't exist when I make this statement, okay? But I remember some of the first days of coming to the house of God. You would hear people, I was afraid not to come. I was fearful not to show up. That just being in the house of God was such a priority. And it wasn't just for the Pentecostals and the one God people. But even the Pentecostal Trinitarians would want to miss it. You good Methodists, good Baptists, Presbyterians. They would even have midweek services. They would have revivals, and maybe not as much as others, but, but still, and, and, and when they got ready to the house of God, they dressed far different than what they had dressed to go to town and how they dressed to go other places. You could, you could tell by looking at them that that. Either they was going to a wedding, a funeral, or the house of God. It was very limited. They had what they called their church clothes. And, um, man, I don't know why I'm, but I am. So, a, a good healthy fear, a good wholesome fear. Um, the scriptures have taught us, in fact, there was one place in Samuel's life, in 1 Samuel's 12 and 20, a time that Israel, and you know the story, and I'm not going to go into it, I'm just, man, but he taught them there, Samuel said unto the people, fear not. You have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord. You, and what had happened, they had, they had they wanted a king. They desired a king. They came to Samuel, said, hey, your boys, they don't do right. And, and they hadn't, they wasn't. And uh, they wanted a king. And, uh, 
And so God allowed them to get a king. And this is where Saul comes into the picture. And even Samuel struggled with that. And God has to tell him, they didn't reject you. They rejected me as a king. And, and he allows it. And so he, Samuel makes his way to him. And he tells him, even though you have done wicked, don't, don't, don't fear God now. Now is the time and to come. And we're taught in the New Testament that uh, when we come up short and when we drop the ball. And we've all been there. We've all come have done that. So what are we, what's, what we encourage to do, we come to the throne of God boldly that we might attain that what drives us there what causes what propels us that we would want to keep this relationship that we would want to keep this companionship amen that we would want to have this fellowship with this almighty God that we want to have ears to hear his voice that we want to have a heart that would understand his wishes and his desire amen that, that we want to please him above and beyond everything else even on a Wednesday night like this that's the reason we didn't let flesh and we didn't let carnality and we was weary and tired and we even confessed that tonight and, and rightly so and but yet amen because we want to work on this companionship and, and church is not just another place that we just want to just gather together and it's not just another place like that no no this is everything right here our eternity amen hinges on this our inheritance hinges upon this if we're ever going to overcome the devil if we ever going to keep our families together if we ever going to walk in soundness and holiness and healthiness if we're going to walk without fear amen and without waver without doubt there's got to be a companionship and there's got to be forsaken not the assembling of ourselves together even on a Wednesday night like this when it's all I could do to drag myself but it's worth the drag it's worth the amen amen or against the, the weakness and the, the distractions amen just to show up because Above everything else, I fear God. I didn't come to see you, and I'm glad to see you now. I'm thankful for every soul that's in this house, every family. Thankful for those that may be listening across the airways and live stream, things of that nature. I'm thankful for that. But the real reason we've gathered here on this Wednesday night is because we've gathered here. We want to hear from God. To really be able to hear from God, I'm, I'm trying to be careful right here. But to keep that avenue open, keep it where I can hear the instructions for me tonight. He gave me instructions a few weeks ago, or a few months ago, or possibly 20 years ago. Amen. But if I failed to cure him, and I chose instead of fear him to reject him, amen, to our, a better term that you're going to see, I believe it's even in our letters, our, our scriptures tonight, is to despise what he said, what he commanded. And so I'm, 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 I'm just going to be a little different tonight, maybe. I, I don't know. We're just going to see. We're just. What really got me going this morning and got me stirred up. And, and hey, I don't have nothing except me <laughs> on this one. Okay. But when you go, John, the 17th chapter. And, and this is Jesus Christ. And this is just prior. And this is John. Remember, this is John now. 
Now, most of them believe he's between 80 or 90. So this letter's a good possibility, uh, a good 40 years after Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The church has done been around for a little while, a few decades. And, and so it's seen some things and experienced some things. And, and so now John, even after coming off the Isle of Patmos, and, and we know this same John's the one who wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And we know this is a John that wrote Revelation. And so this is the same John that's writing this here. And so we know a man. He's writing it as a senior, as an elder, as we would put it like with respect, an old man now. And there's done been some battles and troubles and things of that nature. And, and John writes a lot. And, and John's writings focuses on the deity of God. That Jesus Christ was the Lamb. That Jesus Christ is the high priest. That Jesus Christ was, was the Word. That Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh. Amen. That Jesus Christ was uh, that Jehovah God. That Jesus Christ is that God Almighty. That Jesus Christ is the counselor. Jesus Christ is the door. Jesus Christ is the vine. Jesus Christ, amen. And we can make it. Amen. Without connected to the vine. Without the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's John. It's John that writes this. Amen. That, that, that we must be. It's John that brings us amen to the third chapter, the fourth chapter. And he makes it clear that we must drink of this water. We must have a fellowship we must know it for ourselves. Why? There is a goal. There is a place that we're trying to reach for. Oh God help us Another gagging of humanity, but God promises to show up here. But God can't perform and God can't operate without reverence, fear in the house. It binds him. I'll tell you, an old fashioned fear, nobody would walk out. If everybody could see down the road just a little ways, if everybody could walk through the portals of hell for about five seconds, if somehow God could take us by the hand and walk us through the lake of fire for just a few moments, He's done His best to give it to us in His Word. He's done His best, amen, to explain what's waiting on us. But even knowing that, it can't be that that calls me want to fear this God. It can't be. The fear that we're talking about tonight is a, is a reverence fear. It's a, it's a fear that gets a hold of me that, that regardless of the sacrifice, and you'll be seated, it's Wednesday night. It, it, and I don't mean that wrong. I just know you've been busy. And so, I mean, and, uh, but that reverence fear, because I'm telling you that kind of reverence, amen, it'll cause you to do things you just normally. And one of the biggest things that'll help keep out of our lives is the spirit of rebellion. Rebellion has really showed up and showing out. Amen. I don't want to get on all that, so I'm going to try to move. But when you go to John, 17th chapter, and uh, I almost not, not even go this direction, but, but I just don't I feel like I need to. 
he, he is, it's his prayer for himself. John 17 deals with his prayer for himself, his prayers for his disciples, the prayers for the believers. And so, as you, you watch his prayer, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Notice what he's given us here. Eternal life. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I'm going to tell you something else it's that God's this, this week, I don't know why. And I may preach it Sunday night. But when he taught us to pray, he said, pray that thy kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. When should that happen? <laughs> the scriptures taught us that his kingdom is not meat and drink, but it's righteous peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, in his prayer here, helps us to understand that he's telling God, I glorify thee upon the earth. With all the resistance, all the powers that worked against me, that the devil himself that tempted me, I glorified thee. I walked. I obeyed you. I, I, I submitted. He made it clear unto us that these were not his words or his works, but they're the Father's. And he says, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. The glory that I had before the world was. And I may be stepping out here a little bit. But we do know that the scriptures have taught us that Jesus Christ was slain before the foundations of the world. That's what the scripture says. And before it ever took place, before there was ever a Mary, before there was ever a Jesus, a man, it, it, was, it was a done deal. It was a settled issue. Amen. That there was going to be a lamb. That there was going to be a seed. There was going to be one that was going to pay a price. Amen. There was one that's going to hang on Galgotha. There was one that's going to hang on that tree. Amen. And the scriptures are going to be fulfilled. And they must be fulfilled. All righteousness must be fulfilled. So, so could it be that what Jesus is even saying here. Even though he was not literally. Because there was not a Jesus. We know that Jesus didn't exist before there was a Mary. They took a Mary. And then the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. Then we have 
of the man called Jesus. But Jesus, amen, being God manifest in the flesh, knowing the ending from the beginning, knowing, knowing it all, that he, he didn't know no beginning or ending as far as on the God side of him. And so that glory, that intended glory, that he knew that God had already settled, that God had already put in motion, that God was going to be a complete deal and a fulfilled deal, amen, because Jesus had his mind made up when he come out of that womb who he's going to serve and who he's going to bow down to and he wasn't going to be staggering at it and he wasn't going to be wavering at it. I tell you, if you've ever been a time that a church needs to get on the foundation and get the gospel and the light of God and the salt of the earth inside of them. Hallelujah, we're not going to be changed. We're the one that's got the changing powers and the changing ability. That darkness is not going to change us. The lust is not going to change us. And traditions of men and false doctrines and false worship is not going to change us. We've got to hold on. But hold on. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so, as you watch him now, he starts to pray for his disciples. Amen. He talks about how they manifest thy name unto the men what thou gavest to me out of the world. And, and so, to just keep going through all the prayers. The 21st picks up, and now he's praying for the believers. We need to pray for these alone, but to my the disciples, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Do you believe Jesus has come tonight? Do you believe Jesus has came tonight? Do you believe the Savior of the world has walked upon this earth? Do you believe with every ounce there is inside of you that you know there is a God and there is a Savior by the name of Jesus? Have you experienced enough of him through prayer and through visitations and prayers being answered that there's no way that you won't wobble and there's no way that you won't turn around because you're anchored and you're persuaded. Amen. There is a glory that I'm reaching for. There is an experience I'm looking for. It's going to happen in a moment, a twinkle of an eye. I don't know if I'm going to be in the grave or out of the grave. But there is an experience and a glorified body that I'm looking for. There's an experience I'm looking for in God that's promising me. And it's a settled deal. It's a done deal. And somebody's going to experience it. And somebody's going to be a part of it. And it's not going to be near as many as everybody thinks either. But it's going to be those that made themselves ready. It's going to be those that's willing to pay the price. It's going to be way of those that's willing to endure up to the end. To keep the promises of God. The commandments of God. God, the principles of God, the statutes of God. Now watch this. You can be seated. Watch this. As he talks about them, he said, I and them and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. I don't believe he's talking about the geographical location there. I don't believe he's talking about the state of his human body there. 
Because he's just before going to Gethsemane. And he's just before going to bear the cross. And it's not his desire for us to be there. But his desire is for us to be in that glory that God intended from the very beginning. It was never the will of God for humanity to wind up lost and undone. God made a way that whosoever will can be saved. These excuses that people are using, amen, not to come to the house of God and not serve God. They're not going to work. We are without excuse. The price has been paid in full. The Holy Ghost is more than enough. The gospel is a good tiding and the good news to bring you out of darkness, to bring you out of despair, to go the power. I'll preach it to you tonight. The gospel will get you out of sin. If you'll let the gospel get you out of sin, if you'll let the Holy Ghost get you out of iniquity and the power thereof. It's not the God, it's not the word of God, it's not the church's fault. It's how the lies on you. There is a glory that we're going to pursue to tame. So I believe, man, I just believe what God was trying. That they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundations of the world. Thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Before before you ever moved and said, let there be light. Before you ever begin to speak this world into existence and all of its creation. Amen. There's some things settled. Hallelujah. There's ever been a time that we need to get settled and anchored down. It's now. I may have mentioned this the other day, but I failed to mention it again. Bishop Odom's got it pre-courted over every lesson. Amen. He said, preacher, he said, you better get settled. You better get your ankles, I mean, your feet settled. Hallelujah. Amen. For this gospel and truth. Hallelujah. Because the war is on. The battle's on. And it's not only from without, it's from within. And so we got to hear the voice, the true voice. Amen. That'll get a hold of our hearts and get a hold of our minds. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. This voice is so powerful. What's this? I mean, remember your Sunday school lesson. We focus more on what? The voice. Speaking. Speaking to the storm. Speak. Speak to circumstances. Speak to situations. In my study for that lesson, you come back and I read through and a little portion of the scripture. And it called Jesus a report of him. As he spoke to this gentleman, this boy that was deaf, couldn't speak, couldn't hear. You know what he done? He, re- he rebuked the spirit. Well, I thought he couldn't hear. <laughs> I don't care how in darkness you are. If you just start having the ear to hear him. This penetrating light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This penetrating power of the word of God. I don't care how wicked the world's been. I don't care how bad a deals you got from the world. And for families and for one circumstance or situation. If you got an ear to hear it. I'm here to tell you tonight this gospel's got the power. That even caused deaf ears to begin to hear. And the dumb to speak. I'll tell you something about this voice and the power of this gospel. It still delivers a set free. So, we, we must, we must have this fear in our hearts and uh, 
uh, this passion within us that we want to live for God, that we want to serve God, that we want to walk in the powers of His goodness and His mercy. Amen. But let me go back now. I mentioned to you about Samuel, about fear not. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. So there's another type of fear. A fear that the world wants to put on you. A fear that Satan wants to put on you. A fear, a man that will cripple, cripple you. That will cause you, a man, to not, to not to function, not to operate. A man, they tell us that's one reason that the rhine roars like he does. It paralyzes their victims. A man, that they won't be able to escape. He won't be able to run. A man, but I'm going to tell you something. The devil's not a lion. He's like a lion, but he don't have any teeth. He really don't have anything to back it up. Hallelujah. You know, I've heard people, and you know, we were coming to Halloween, and uh, somebody mentioned and said, oh, the, the devil's, no, the devil don't have one. The devil hadn't created not one day. In fact, the word of God said, the Lord created this day. I'm going to be, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, because my God created it. My God gave it to me. The devil ain't never given me anything that's good. All oh, the devil's ever done is try to be a thief and a robber and a deceiver, and I don't have no time for him, and I don't have no time for sinning. I don't have no time for bad attitude and bad spirits. Amen. I got time for Jesus. I got time for the word of God. And I got time for the goodness of God. And so, again, Psalms 111.10 says, Amen. But what? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so I'm tying all this together now. His glory, His fear, and His wisdom. Amen. And a heart of understanding. It's very important for us to get that. Watch, watch what it says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. I didn't say hear them. Do. Now you got to hear them to be able to do them. But we can't only just be a hearer. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So now we understand the psalmist says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now Proverbs 1 and 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But listen to the next part. But fools despise wisdom and instructions. How many likes to be instructed? Amen. How many likes to be corrected? Especially from a pulpit. <laughs> Amen. By the word of God. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. We're responsible as a minister of the gospel. It's one thing I always remember from Bishop Oldham. Amen. We're responsible how we deliver it. Amen. We're responsible. Amen. Our body language and, and everything else. Amen. It comes along with this. Hallelujah. We all love a steak, but we don't want to be slapped upside the head, do we? Amen. Hallelujah. We don't want to start just cramming the mouth and cramming down our throat. No, man. Give me some time. Give me a knife and fork. Let me cut it up and, 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 say, and enjoy the, the, the steak and the flavor of it. Hallelujah. I want it, but man, I, I can't, you know, you can't, can't put the whole thing in my mouth unless it's just you know what would that be right uh, around uh, about a half an ounce of the, you know a little ounce amen praise God but, but you know what I love the word of God amen I want the word of God to penetrate my heart and penetrate my soul and penetrate my spirit because I found out if I'll hold to the word of God amen it'll protect me it'll protect me against the lies it'll protect me against the deceiving spirits it'll protect me amen to keep my heart from becoming callous and keep my conscience becoming callous Paul said amen my conscience is clear before before God and man. I don't have a clear conscience before man. I would you ever think it's within my power and sort of ability, amen, to watch what I say and what I do because I want to keep a clean conscience before man and God. 
so we really begin to understand and, and, and I haven't went into it Brother Ford even, even brought some of those scriptures out Sunday night out of Proverbs about wisdom what it takes to attain it and, and then the things it's compared to such as silver and gold and rubies how people these are precious ornaments amen and, 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 and metals that's known to us that people amen goes I, I thought it this, about it this morning Maybe I've done a little research on it today, but really didn't have time. But, you know, the gold rush to the West, the history of this country, and what made the West popular was the gold rush. Gold. Families, families that would come off of that East, whole families, wives and children. They'd take a risk of losing their lives because they was going to become rich. They was willing to fight Indians. They was willing to fight against the elements of the weather and the, the, the geographical location they was going. They was willing, amen, to get in wagons and go through those trails, amen, that it wasn't easy, amen. They, a lot of times they would hire this guy that was supposed to know the way and to get them there. But even on the way there, they would ride by skeletons of, of different ones, amen, animals that had died. And, and they would see wagons that had broken down and things like this. But there was something pulling at them. There's something about old glory. I'm talking about a glory that's greater than the glory of the old flag. I'm talking about something that's got a greater glory than the glory of the United States of America. I'm talking about something that's got more glory to it than good old country living. I'm talking about a glory that God, amen, before he ever created Adam, the first Adam, amen, there was a glory he was going to set up and it was already set up and it's a done deal, amen, and the devil can't do nothing about it and the world can't do anything about it, amen, if you want to attain it, you can, if you'll believe in this one called Jesus Christ, if you'll call only with all of your heart and all of your mind, soul, and spirit, there's not anything he can't deliver us out of, and there's not anything he can't keep us in. I don't care how much technology comes and how, how skiffle the world gets with it and how ungodly it becomes, and I'm not saying I'm preaching against it. I'm just simply telling you we're living in a different world. We're living in a different time. Amen. We used to just shut it all in the corner and then have to worry about it. But that's not true any longer. Amen. You got it in your pocket. You carry it with you where you go. You sleep with it next to you. So it's a different world, a different time. The devil's looking for any avenue and any possible way that he can rob and steal and take from us. And so that brings us to Solomon. Solomon's conclusion of Ecclesiastes. Some of them calls it the backslid preacher's letter. And all the writing that he does and talks about it and about the vanity of life and Amen. When you get down to it, and he actually, the conclusion of the matter was in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. We've got a responsibility individually and yet collectively to keep his commandments. God's called us out Come out from among them. Be separate. Be holy for I'm holy. And that's not just on the outside. Amen. We can cover it up on the outside. 
But I will tell you something. The real beauty of holiness is on the inside. The real beauty of that tabernacle was on the inside. The real beauty of the building of that tabernacle. God gave the plan, amen, to Moses starting with the altar, amen, and the altar first. Amen. Not the brazing altar. Amen. But that altar that the angels, the cherubims is over. Amen. That the manna, the word of God, and the, the rod was placed in it. That's what he started with from the inside. And we'll tell you something. One of the best things that you and I can do when we come to God. God, you write to your laws on the tables of my heart. Amen. That I might not sin against thee. And I would fall in love with it. I'd fall in love with it. I'd fall in love with those commandments. I'd fall in love with those principles. I'd fall into love with those statues. Amen. I'm telling you in the laws of our land. I'm telling you we may not like some of them. But all of them are set there for a purpose and for a reason. Trying to protect somebody. Trying to keep somebody. And thank God for laws. I'm glad we're not living in a lawless, lawless nation. A lawless world. And I understand, amen, some of the things we're going into and that we've got to deal with. But I'm here to tell you tonight, laws alone won't never get the job done. But if you can get them, amen, the laws and the commandments of God. And so I'm going to talk about that for just a minute out of the writings of Moses, if you don't mind, for just a few minutes here, and then I'm going to come back to this. Amen. When you go to Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, and most of the time, all we ever hear from that, amen, is the fourth verse. But let's back up a little bit. Now, these are the commandments of the statues and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that he might do them in the land where they go to possess them. Amen. He wasn't talking about where they're at and in the wilderness. No, you fix and go to the promised land. This is where I want you to keep them. This is the land you fix and go possess them. But just because you get in the promised land don't mean you can just start living any old way you want to live and walk any old way you want to walk. Amen. No, no I want you to, when you walk into that, to possess that promised land, I'm going to give you some commandments and statutes. Now watch this. And they very, very first, the next verse, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. Amen. Show a fear unto him. Amen. You know what? There's nothing wrong. I really like that statement. Amen. Why do you dress that way? Because it's written. Amen. I want to be godly. I want to be modest. I'm not ashamed of it. Hallelujah. I'm not embarrassed by it. Hallelujah. In fact, more people are dressed more modest. We're down here as much skin cancer. Huh? <laughs> Amen. You put on sunscreen. Amen. Places you can't put clothes on, but I think I believe clothes is a lot better than sun sunscreen. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all of his statutes, his commandments, which I command thee. Thou and, what's this, thy son and thy son's sons, all the days of thy life, that thou days, watch this, watch what hints with this, that thy days may be pro, prolonged. So there's some benefits with this. If you go to Proverbs, and, and, and I know I've been in and out. I've been practicing. Uh, I've been back the last week or two reading at least one chapter of Proverbs every day. And if I didn't read it, I'd read two or three, <laughs> man, to catch up. And we'll tell you something. Read Proverbs. So there's, there's some powerful things in Proverbs. My Lord, have mercy. You're talking about practical living. You're talking about putting some things. I'd love to be able to quote all the Proverbs. You're talking about a tool that can be used. Amen. Especially when people want to try to get foolish and they want to question this and question that. Man, hallelujah. This is the way to live. This is the way you're going to live the best life there is to live. Amen. Because of wicked. It's not going to happen many days. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, wicked. I was talking to Brother Ferguson, Brenda Ferguson, earlier this week about it. Amen. I'm telling you, you watch it. You watch people that's wicked and vile and evil. Most of them, they don't live very long. They don't have, that's in the Bible. They don't have 
of long days and all that. Now you got rich people and things like that that's called worldly people, but they're not wicked and they're willing to help people and bless people and treat people with some respect and even God, amen. And so they may live to be in their hundreds and all that other, but you get hold of people that's got an evil spirit in them, got an evil attitude in them that lets murder and, and things and, and envy and strive and bitterness. Amen. They, they, well, I'm just going to preach to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Those things, amen, can shut, cut your days off. Those things, amen, can cause you to, your days not to be prolonged. Hallelujah. So you've got to be careful, amen, what gets a hold of you. You've got to be careful what shoulders you rub people with. You've got to be careful of all that stuff. But as you humble and yield yourself to God and say, you know what, God, I want to be who you want me to be and I want to walk the way you want me to walk. I want to be the vessel, amen, because I'm going to tell you something. We are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We're the hope of this world. Amen. They don't need them. They can't depend on the White House. But there's a house here, amen, they're going to depend on. There's a place here. There's a God here. Amen. It don't matter who you are and where you're coming from. It don't matter the color of your skin. It don't matter how poor you are. Amen. If you'll just be faithful to God and stay committed to it, God's going to see us through. So he goes on and he says, Here therefore, O Israel, observe to do it, that it may be well with thee. And that it may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers had promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Oh, we know the next one now. Hear, O ears of the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt watch this. I've been on this for the last little bit. Watch this next. Thou shalt teach them diligently. Unto thy children shall talk of them when thou sittest in the house. What do we talk about the most when we're sitting around at the house? What's our conversation about? I'm not condemning, don't, so don't take it that way. I'm just telling you the business of our times and worlds, and a lot of times we'll talk about everything but God. But I have noticed anybody, you know, church-going, God-fearing people, it don't take long. It don't take long. In fact, I've noticed, amen, worldly people. They start getting around us. They want to talk about the Bible. They want to talk about their Sunday days. Hmm. Of course, when they start acting, did you see this movie and that movie? I ain't got a clue. <laughs> they ask you about ball teams and. You know, I may know some ball teams, but I ain't got a clue who's playing them. I don't know what rank they're at. You know, it's kind of hard to carry on conversation like that. Just one-sided conversation. <laughs> and I don't show a whole lot of interest in that one. And so, but that's good. But watch it. He said, the children, this is what they hear. I believe they hear it before they ever get here. I believe they can feel the power of God. But there's something about it. He goes on. He says, hey, you put it, put it as, as a band, a frontlet. And that was to remind them. You know why they need to be reminded? Because they was fixing to go into a land that was blessed. They were fixing to go into a land that giants had built their homes and their vineyards and their cities. The Bible called them goodly cities, powerful cities. Amen. And, and God was pre-warning them and helping them, please don't forget 
Amen. That I brought you out of Egypt. And I brought you out of bondage. But there's something about prospering. There's something about gaining prosperity. That, uh, amen, after a while you'll reach a point and place that I don't need God. Amen. And I don't need him in my life. And that's what happened. Even though they was warned. Moses warned before they ever got there. Amen. Don't let this happen. So this is what I want you to do. When you go out, amen, put it on the doorpost. Put the commandments. Put the word of God. Amen. When, when, you, when you sit down at the house in the morning time, when you get up in the morning time, talk about it. When you sit down for lunch, let's talk about God and the word of God. For you lay them down at night, let's talk about the word of God and God and the blessings of God and where God brought us from. Let's remember where we've been brought from. Amen. So we won't go back there. Let's don't remember it. Amen. And all we can remember is the melons. Amen. And the good times. You know, that, 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 that really bothers me when I hear people, amen, bragging about the worldly days. And, 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 and you almost there's a longing like want to go back. <laughs> my best day in the world was not better than my worst day living for God. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. That world out there don't have anything for us but heartaches and miseries and disappointments. But all God's got for us is life and hope and eternity. Amen. The promise he'd never leave us. He won't never forsake us. Amen. We build our companionship with him. And when we fall in love with him, when we create a good, healthy fear, amen, of God, amen, not to please him, not to lift him up, not to glorify him. When that gets a hold of our hearts and our minds every single day, God, I want to please you. I want to worship you. I want to honor you, God. When I get and go to work tomorrow. I want to be known as a follower of Jesus Christ. When I when I go and get in the when I get home, Amen. I don't want to let it down then, but I still want to be a Christian. I want to treat my spouse and my children, Amen, just like I would anybody the way I ought to. I don't want it to die out then. It's more important then than any other time, Amen, Amen. That my children might be redeemed, that they might know the love of God, the power of God. Hey, there's nothing wrong with teaching them how to fish. There's nothing wrong with teaching them how to hunt. But oh God. Help us teach them how to pray. Teach them the word of God. Teach them how to love God and fear God and trust and put their confidence in God. I'll tell you something else we can help them with. That's being faithful to the house of God. And that faithfulness covers a lot of areas our commitment, our dedication. Another area the Lord dealt with me about today and out of the Word. Man, I'm telling you, I was going all over the place today. And I finally, man, when it's coming faster, you know, I need one of them brains like some of these other cats. you go to Matthew and he talks about the ones he talked about the virgins the ten virgins huh. all of them was virgins all of them set out but, but five was foolish and five was wise if you read that chapter and take it to heart God's going to hold us accountable what he blesses us with. You know, our God doesn't work like man. This God with those five, five foolish, five wise, 
Man, those five wives wouldn't give them their all. So no, you got to go buy it. You got to go purchase it. We're not going to take the chance of it running out. He made his way to those with the talents, and one that took the five, and and he gave it to the the banker. Amen. And he took and made an increase and made it ten. And the two have done the same thing, but the one, the one just buried it. <laughs> I preached on that here been quite a while back, amen, to dig that talent up, amen. Don't bury it. Maybe if you feel like you don't have but one, don't bury it. Because if you'll start using it for God and start exchanging it, amen, guess what? God's going to bless you with another one, amen, and help you out. It's not a time, amen, to bury these things. It's a time, amen, to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. It's a time to be a vessel of God like never before. There's too many lights going out. There's too many candles. It's taking their candle and putting it under a bushel. There's too many, amen, that's lost the savoring part of the salt amen to walk into circumstances and situations to be a testimony of the glorious light of Jesus Christ and the power of his goodness and grace and mercy we're living the best life there is to live this is the best life it's not one better I'm going to finish with this First John 4 and 8, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. 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 You can stand. The love of God. Love of this truth. Man, the love of this gospel. The reason I jumped to Matthew and that is because when you go to Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter, Moses still writing to them. Moses, most of us know that Moses had already been informed by God that he wasn't going to the promised land and that he was going to die. He was going to take him on the mountain, let him see it. But he wasn't going in. And so when Moses writes Deuteronomy, he understands that. But in the 10th chapter, he says, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord? Now watch this. When we love him, let, let me, okay, parents, you try to Persuade your children that you have such a love for them that regardless of what they do, they can always come to you. We never want our children to get in trouble, but if they get in trouble, we want them to know you can call my number. I don't care if it's 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't care how bad the situation is. You can call me. You can call your mama. We may not condone it, and we may not agree with it, but we're going to come and help. <laughs> you can't divorce your kids. Doesn't matter how good, how bad they are. You can't say they're not mine. That's right. Man, 
And you know what? God's not interested in divorcing his. But I tell you what he wants to do. He wants to help us along this journey and along this pathway. I got about three more pages, but I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Amen. Requires. When you look at this, Lord thy God requires of thee. But to fear the Lord thy God. To walk in all his ways. To love him. To serve the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and with all thy soul. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Require simply means sometime is to regard an action. Or it's a cause of necessity. In this end time, those that know their God are going to do exploits. I didn't go back and get to tie all this in yet, but let me make mention of this. The starting of the Lord's ministry, we know it was at a wedding. What took place? Water was turned to wine. For what purpose? For the glory of God. If you read on, the very next part says, and the disciples begin to believe on him. All this ties together. The fear of God, love of God, keeping his commandments, and the glory of God. Because there's no better way for God to show his glory than through the miraculous powers of healing, delivering, and setting free. And then they want us to compromise? I don't think so. You remember something. Everybody that says they're having miracles and wonders and signs is not always true. Okay? That's the same way with all these books that come out here a while back. And man, every time you turn around, everybody was dying, going to heaven and coming back. But to get to write about seeing two or three thrones and seeing this and seeing all that other. Throw all that in the trash. They can get mad if they want to. But this book, the book trumps every bit of that. I'm telling you, we're living in a time. I'm not being ugly. I'm not being ugly. But I'm telling you, our Sunday school department... Literature has just about got me to the point that we may not get it anymore. Such that deal is Sunday. I'm going to tell you something. We're going to get ourselves in trouble using our own imagination. We can find ourselves out here somewhere. And God nowhere around us. I'm not interested in that. Let's stay with the book. Because you know what? I believe this God. I believe in miracles. I believe God can deliver. I believe God can heal Montana McLeod. I believe God can pull her up off that bed. I believe God can fill her with the Holy Ghost. I believe God can pull. Hey, if we can't believe that, how, how are we going to believe that God can pull people out of the clutches of the devil and out of the powers of darkness? And then here's something more important. You and I have got to stay out of there. That's the reason we've got to watch our attitudes and our spirits and our, 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 got to watch all that. Snares and traps set for us. I, I'm through. I got you standing. We love you. Appreciate you. Uh, keep praying. Let's keep praying for one another. Let's keep believing in God, trusting God. Folks, I'm telling you, man, it, it's on us. But you know what? I believe God. God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I'm ready to see some people get the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
How many of you have been praying for, for Colleen? Amen. That God would touch her. Colleen, I want you to pray for her. I'd love to see God just get a hold of her and pull her out of all that and, and help her, strengthen her and help her, God, and, and to bless her and strengthen her, amen, to stay faithful and committed. And, and that would just be a start, amen, for others to, to see what God will do. Man, if we'll let God work, who will let? Let's let him work. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.